0: Hello, I am Moshe uh, Schwab uh, and I am glad you could be here with us today. Uh, This is the uh, accompanying teaching for our Torah portion, Vayeshev, and I've entitled it, The Hand of God on Life. What do we want from life? Do we want God or do we want false practice? When I first began playing baseball, my coach was a former league uh, pitcher major league pitcher and he made a huge difference in how I played. He taught me the right way to swing a bat. He got a big kick out of watching us. We were just little little kids and uh, I remember my first attempt at trying to bunt the ball and he got a big kick out of that. you know. But if I didn't have him to help me I probably wouldn't have succeeded as well as I did at the sport. When we do things the right way spiritually The hand of God can be on our lives. Just look at what Yosef was able to do through God. God made him second in the head of Egypt eventually, and he saved the lives of those in the whole region. Doing what is right can make a big difference. Think about how you do things. Are your attitudes and thoughts in line with the scriptures? You know, we, we learn a little at a time. The rabbi spent centuries on applying the Bible. When modern Christianity divorced itself from its biblical Jewish roots, they nearly lost all, uh, all truth and introduced a pagan religion filled with idolatry. You know, even when Luther arrived on the scene, the purpose was only to make changes to the Greek Roman Empire church that had dominated, dominated since their divorce from the Bible. The rabbis for the first century believers in the Messiah, Rabbi Kepha Peter, Rabbi Yochanan, and others including Rabbi Yeshua HaMashiach, were turned into Greek and Roman figures. The Greek Roman Empire even made observing some of the Holy Scriptures illegal. Their Greek test re- replaced the Hebrew manuscripts. After, after all, having Hebrew scriptures, of course, would mean that there the true early believers were actually Jewish. Of course, they were Jewish! <laughs> the first New Testament text was put together around 150 AD and called the Itala text. It, it included the Hebrew Gospels. We have recently found the entire New Testament in Hebrew in India. And quotes from this manuscript match, match the quotes from the early church fathers. That actually substantiates their authenticity. Of course, we have a number of different Hebrew manuscripts, and also translations of Hebrew manuscripts into other ancient languages. We know this because the translations into other languages match the Hebrew manuscripts and not the Greek manuscripts. To make the Roman Empire's false claim complete, the Roman Empire said that Jews killed Yeshua, when in fact it was the Gentiles that would put him to death. Yeshua said this in Matthew twenty nineteen. The leaders in Israel were reported were appointed by Rome. The the King Herod was appointed by Rome. Uh, the high priest was appointed by Rome. They didn't want to lose their positions, so the They put Yeshua to death. Those who were saying, let's put Yeshua's, let's say, put Yeshua's blood upon us were actually Roman appointees. So our faith was replaced with a false faith. Instead of keeping God's commandments and instructions, people made up their own system of faith. And we need to get our teaching in line with God's Torah. Torah means instruction. The uh, Torah teaches us, and, and teaches us, and we learn to apply, can learn to apply them. Some of what Judaism teaches helps us to understand the Bible properly. We have to figure out, though, what in Judaism is appropriate and what is not. There are some, maybe 200 commandments, approximately, in the Old Testament that we are to follow. In 1050, appropriate applied applied New Testament commandments. <clears throat> Most of the Old Testament is for the priests. I understand that we have some two million laws in the United States, so it is simply a lie from hell that we are not to keep the Old Testament laws. That's just, being, that's just made up. The book of Hebrews tells us that we are to become skilled in the teachings of the Torah. The Torah teaches us how to live right. Righteousness means to live right. Hebrews five, thirteen and 14 says, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, of right living. For he is a babe, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of, reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. What did they use to figure out what was good or evil? There was no New Testament at the time, so it had to be the Torah. We are to live right and become skilled at living right. Also, in Jewish thought, doing good is to keep the Torah. We are to discern what is good, it says. Don't be confused by some Jews who think doing good is to pick something they think is, a, is good to support. You know, that's really not a bad thing to do sometimes, but some actually pick things that the Bible says is wrong. For example, some environmentalists will go so far as to think reducing the population through murder is okay, or protecting the environment through murder is okay. Greenpeace will put ropes across rivers in the jungle and capsize boats. So you could be going along, and all of a sudden your wife, your children your baby or in the water trying to survive. Don't be so quick to think that just anything is okay to support and in any way that you want. I'm all for a good environment. I'm for doing it right. Open up the beauty of the scriptures in your life. Learn how to stay in the lines. The scriptures can bring peace and blessing into our lives. When I was in the jungle, people were learning how to treat each other better through the scriptures. The scriptures have the ability to transform lives. The early believers were all Jewish and were made, and they made thousands of extra commandments and they, they micromanaged life. They were just man-made commandments. The Talmud is, is, is a commentary. They are, this is not God's Word. It's just, it's just comments by people. They can be helpful at times. Sometimes they are just extra commands. Yeshua quoted Isaiah and said that uh, these misapplied laws are worthless. Matthew 15, 9. And in vain he's quoting Isaiah. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Some think they are following God when they are just following man-made tradition. When Shul says, they have not submitted themselves to God's righteousness. What is he talking about? Obviously, it is about the man-made laws that Yeshua said were wrong, and and they should follow what the Messiah said. Shul says they are seeking to establish their own righteousness. Have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Romans ten three. Oh, well, what did what did Yeshua say was wrong? Not following the Torah instead of and instead following man-made tradition some tradition is fine life is filled with tradition but making things into a commandment of God when it is not is wrong and of course they were also they were to accept the Messiah and what he said and what he said about this in Romans 104 the old English word in, means goal and back in when it was first translated, and actually meant goal. It's, it's where the chariots, they would go towards the goal in the race. The Greek word "end" is and, uh, there is telos, and is sometimes translated goal. We know that Christ can mean Messiah, and law can either refer to the uh, law of commandments in the Old Testament. It could also refer to extra laws, so we have to understand it by context. When we substitute an appropriate understanding for the words in Romans 10.4, we actually come up with the Messiah is the goal of the Torah toward doing what is right for all who believe. You know, it, 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 Shul's heart desired for Israel to accept God in his Messiah you know, it doesn't make any sense for him to be telling them not to keep it, not to keep God's commandments. They wouldn't have listened to him. So this makes a whole lot more sense in the context, doesn't it? <clears throat> the Bible says that taking it, you know, that 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 we're going to keep God's laws. You know, even Yeshua said he, he you know won't accept those who do not keep. His law, he says, get away from me, you are lawless. <clears throat> so, uh, Revelation 21.8 says, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. Kind of scary, isn't it? We surely don't want to be in that category. So, Romans 10.4 actually says that believers are to be like the Messiah and follow the the Torah, with the goal toward doing what is right. So, like I've said many times, righteousness means to actually do what is right, to live right. The word for, before the word righteousness, is actually the Greek word eis, which means toward. People who teach... Uh, teach the lie that we are not to keep the Torah, are taking the Scripture out of its Jewish context. You know, again, nobody would have listened to them if they were saying not to keep God's commandments. Think about it. If people are going to the lake of fire for not keeping God's commandments, what do you think they were teaching back then? What's really scary is that it says liars are going to the lake of fire. You know, that's like most likely talking about those who are lying about keeping God's commandments. You know, I know God is the judge. You know, and So we need to be people that teach the scriptures and teach them right. They will say God is a loving God, and these people, and, and that he does not judge anybody. Well, I'd say going to the lake of fire for doing evil is a serious issue. Don't go to the lake of fire with them. So, we are staying in the line, spiritually speaking, when we learn to apply and live the scriptures honestly. Sadly, people are making things up out of context are in big trouble. When we approach the scriptures in their proper way, they encourage us and help us. Through the Messiah and the Holy Spirit, we can better keep God's commandments. So instead of the extra laws, we have the Holy Spirit now. In Ephesians chapter 5, it talks about being like the Messiah. Ephesians 5 1 through 6 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Christ, uh, Messiah, uh, Messiah means Christ, or actually, Christ means Messiah, it means to be smudged in the Greek. But fornication, uncleanness, or covetousness, let it not be named, not even named among you, as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, for no, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetousness, man who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ, the kingdom of the Messiah, and God. Let no one deceive you, it says. So don't be deceived by these people. This is for you people who are praying to picture statues and dead people, so called saints, or anything other than God. You need to stop doing that and start praying to God only. It says, No idolater will be in the future kingdom of God. That's what it says. Enjoy and be at peace with life in the short term. See life more like a blessing. It just seems like a good way to start this section out with some great scriptures, doesn't it? Proverbs sixteen two 2-3 says, All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. Proverbs 16, 20, he who <coughs> He who heeds the word wisely will find good. And whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. Psalm Psalms one nineteen one through three. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the way of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his command whose his testimonies, excuse me, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Deuteronomy 28.2 says, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And it goes into a whole list of blessings. Psalm 20, verses 4 and 5, May He grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation. You know, after we, need, after we know the direction we need to take in life, we need to start doing it. We learn by applying what we learn over and over. Um, Shul also says that the, the Holy Spirit works in us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are the messiahs have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Galatians five twenty-two and through twenty-five. If we've been allowing to take things to take away our, our peace, stop stop obsessing. If we are making commitments to, to not being loving or kind, repudiate those thoughts and set yourself free of contempt. Decide decide you will be gentle, decide you will control control, control yourself and be patient. Have you ever done something harsh, and instead of it? being encouraging you pushed others away. When you work on these things in your life, the Holy Spirit can then start working on these things with you. You have to learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Schwul says that, that since we are supposed to live with the help of the Holy Spirit, let's still walk in life with the help of the Holy Spirit. If you are suppressing these things in your life, you are also keeping the Holy Spirit from working in your life the way it is supposed to. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. It says in First Thessalonians five nineteen through twenty two, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. It says, do not quench the spirit. Uh, <clears throat> it says, it goes on, abstain from every evil. So, hold fast to God's commandments. The fruits of the spirit are ways that the Jews applied the Bible. If you were to go to synagogue, we would begin to learn how to apply God's commandments. And these are some of the things you would be learning. Jewish synagogues were often called schools of virtue back in the first century. When Sheol names his school, he calls it the school of Tyrannus. Uh, Tyrannus in the Greek has to do with magnificence, like power. Jewish synagogues taught virtue, but Sheol also taught about the power of the Holy Spirit which he does in his writings. Rabbi Kepha talks about the importance of virtue. This is an important godly Jewish biblical teaching and concept. They were learned and passed down through the ages. They were practical and properly applied applications of the Torah. For instance, love your neighbor. Well, how do you do that? Leviticus nineteen eighteen. It says, Love your neighbor. Second Peter uh, chapter one verses three through ten says His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these you may par- be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are y- are yours and abound. You will, be neither, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call in election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble." We are supposed to be a people of virtue, just as Jewish synagogues were schools of virtue. Even more so because we, the Holy Spirit helps us. Also in modern thinking, you know, I should talk about this. Rabbi means just means a teacher, a Jewish teacher. So Rabbi Kepha, Peter, Rabbi Peter, was a teacher and a Jewish leader. It is wrong to think of anyone as extraordinary or special because that is something reserved only for God. No one takes the place of God or can take, or can take, uh, the place of God. Using "Father" as a title is also wrong because God is our Father. Was, God was the Father of the Israelites, and He's a, He's the Father of the believers in the New Testament as well. Using a title as as like an authority, like God, is wrong. So, pastor, even or even a person's name can take on an improper connotation if it is used as though they have some type of high type of authority. This issue was Yeshua's addressing about rabbi in names was was the improper use of titles. We have a high view. Of the Bible, but only if it is inter- interpreted correctly. Kepha, Rabbi Kepha says in Second Peter 1:20 20 and 21, "No prophecy of the Scripture is any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Scriptures came from God. By interpreting them." Interpreting them out of their Jewish context, we read into them our own interpretation, which is wrong. We must understand them within the culture and belief system that they were given. They were Jewish or Israelite. Remember, saying we can't do something can also be a man-made commandment when it is not in line uh, with the proper application of the Bible. Uh, Not using titles at all is just silliness. A proper application of a title is in how it is used. Enjoy work and enjoy all aspects of your life. It is not drudgery and more drudgery, but but success and more success, accomplishment and more accomplishment and fun, blessed times and relationship. There's a lot of repetition in life. Doing a lot of the same things helps us to do a good job. We c- become... Uh, better at what we do by doing something over and over. Even celebrating Shabbat could be a process of application and repetition that we can enjoy. Every week our family has a special meal. We light candles at our meal. We do this acknowledgement of Shabbat which is Friday night and Saturday until sundown. We also do different fun things on Shabbat. There's one thing that we don't do and that's work. We only do what's necessary. You know, some people have to work on Shabbat because they can't get off. That is okay. But we shouldn't contrive work for ourselves on Shabbat. We also don't make others work on Shabbat. That's what the Bible says. We intentionally make our Shabbats special in our home. It is absolutely not a burden to let go of things on Shabbat. It is a joy. Life and the repetition of what we do should not be a burden. We can enjoy the opportunity to accomplish tasks and all that we have to do. I pray about my day and I thank God specifically for what I was able to accomplish. Learn to appreciate the opportunity of work in accomplishing tasks. Making sure we keep God's commandments is a joy because we know that God has good intentions for us. I also want to please God. I care about my relationship with, with God. And that is not to mention that God can put power on keeping His commandments. That makes keeping God's commandments extremely special. Ecclesiastes three twelve and 13 says, I know that nothing is better for, for them to rejoice and to do good in their lives, and to also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. Ecclesiastes three twenty two says, Nothing is better than that a man should rejoice in his works, for that is his heritage, for who can bring him to see what will happen after him? Psalms ninety verse seventeen says, And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Colossians three twenty three through twenty-five says And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Messiah. But he does wrong, will be repaid for what he has done. Finally, in our last portion, Yaakov returns home, and we see the hand of God on his life blessing him. In this portion there is a common theme. Even though Joseph is going through tough times, God is helping him and giving him favor. We need to become skilled in the teachings of the Bible and learn to interpret the Bible how the early believers did. We are supposed to understand the Bible it was originally intended to be understood and not make up our own meanings. It cannot be plainly read. We must understand it in its original context. Don't be deceived, Shul says in Ephesians. Also, enjoy life. Be at peace and practice biblical virtue with the help of the Holy Spirit. Allow the work of the Holy Spirit and the hand of God to work in your life. We have been called to glory and virtue. Enjoy what God has given you and enjoy life. lechaim, To life. So now I would like to just say a prayer, the Aaronic Benediction, and close. Yeveh rechecha Yehovah ve'yishmerecha Yaher Yehovah panavalecha v'ichinecha Yeisha Yehovah panavalecha ve'yishmerecha Shalom Yehovah bless you and keep you Yehovah make his face to shine upon you May gracious you lift his counts upon you And give you peace May God light your ways Give you peace in all things And be a shield in your life Shabbat Shalom Shavua Tov. Have a good week.